Hello, hello, the Tetley. This is the voice of God. Now, it's just me, Henry. Uh, we're going to do a live pod. I don't know why I'm looking upwards. But to the heavens. Uh, upstairs on the first floor, we're going to be doing a live podcast with interviews, discussions, poetry, and dare I say, banging vibes. So a couple of minutes, come on upstairs. You know you want to. This isn't the voice in your head telling you to do something, but you should do what the voice is telling you to do and come upstairs to the first floor. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, we're starting the Vandal Factory podcast right now. Gather round, folks. We need an audience. Come on. Come sit down. Come out of the corners of the Tetley. You're listening to Eastleigh's Community Radio. Music. Writing. Reviews. Debate. Comedy. Plays. Live events. Interviews. Quizzes. Sparks. Chatting. Boom. Poetry. Other mics. Freedom to create. From the people to the people. It's radio, but so much more. It's Community Radio. Hello. Hello. Hey. Give us some noise for Tatley. Big up first. Oh, oh. My name's Natalie Poyamos. <laughs> and I'm Henry Raby. And together we are. Vandal Factory! It is so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having us, Big Up Fest. We are uh, recording this live at the Tetley. Ooh. Ooh. It's a big old echoey building of joy. Yeah. And, and we're so loud that people in the cafe can hear us. Hello, people in the cafe! <laughs> <laughs> Sound like ghosts. This, if you don't know us, uh, Henry and I are artists and activists, and this is a podcast where we discuss about arts and activists, activistisms, and all the beautiful moments that come when those two things come together. And this is our first ever live show in front of an audience. And yeah, what, you what, can give us some noise. What a lovely, beautiful audience, I must say. The best live audience we've ever done a podcast in front of. I would say. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, what have we got coming up on so, this podcast? If you haven't heard the podcast before, we've got regular features such as Henry Does His Own Thing. I'm Henry and I like doing my own thing because I'm an only child. Yeah. I don't like playing well with others, so no. I just do my own thing. He's also an anarchist and a solo performer, so it, it works out well <laughs> that he likes doing his own thing. And we also have Nat's Provocation Station. I'm Nat and I like being provoking, so I'm going to do a bit of that later. We've also got special guests coming up. Put your hands together for Shy and Henny. Woohoo! We're very much looking forward to talking to them. Cracking. But one of the core themes of this podcast is hope and anger, the twin heads, yeah. if you will. We like to say that these are the fuels that keep all artists and activists going, getting you up on the hardest of hard days. If you are angry about something, if you've got hope for a better world, then you are going to get out there and start making stuff happen. So instead of saying, how you doing? We like to say, how's your hope? How's your anger, Henry? How's your hope? How's your anger? Uh, pretty angry. Yeah. Um, because there's a genocide happening in the world, yeah. and that's a bad thing. Um, and yeah, we've done a podcast about Palestine uh, yeah. in July, and then it soon. kicked off again. So yeah. well, let's just reiterate, we absolutely stand with the people of Palestine, the people in Gaza, and uh, against these atrocities. And solidarity to everyone marching today, demonstrating yeah. in solidarity. 
Absolutely. And my anger is so off the scale right now. Do not let this smiley face confuse you. There is a fury burning in me that cannot be contained at the moment. And hope, well, I'm going to talk a bit about hope in my provocation. I, I did go to a nice gig on Tuesday, actually. Oh, yeah. That was quite hopeful. I went to see Dream Nails and Lamborghini Girls. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they were cool feminist riot girl punk rockers. Amazing. And it was great. And I went on my own, which is... Uh. The, <laughs> so I did my own thing in a crowd of 100 people. Yeah. It was awesome. great. They were great. So plug those, those two bands. We would like to go and ask the crowd, can you shout us out something that is giving you hope or something that's making you angry at the moment? If you can shout it out. I should have, I should have asked you to think about it earlier, <laughs> giving you something. Something that brings you hope. Come on, we've got to have some hope in the room. Anything. Is it a song? Is it an artist? Is it a book? Is it a person? Um, hope, in hope. hope in Hopeless Times by John Holloway. A yeah. book, yeah. The Tories are making Sarah Autumn angry. Very, very angry indeed. Excellent. Anyone else? What gives you hope? Yes. So hope that the British public are starting to realise grave mistakes were made, but angry that Nigel Farage still exists in the world. He's a a human being that exists. Great. He said he would go. Well, we'll have to make him go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Any more? One more. Who's got hope? Who's got anger? Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence, yeah. I muted him. That's the solution. Oh, so people who haven't <laughs> muted him and just winding him up, yeah. He's good. Lawrence Fox is going to lose a court case again. Come on in, folks. Hello, lovely, new people. Lovely. We are growing. Welcome Excellent. to We Are the Vandal Factory podcast. We are. Live, but recorded, so don't worry, you can swear. (laughs) So, um, without further ado, it is time, now that we've got all our hope and all our anger bubbling amongst us, for Henry to do his own thing. So can you please give Henry a big round of applause? For the first time ever. Oh my goodness. My, the, 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 it's a poem, basically. That's, that's what I do. That's my own thing. It's no big mystery, no big strange thing. Um, so this is a poem called Hope Drowns Last. I've never performed it before in front of people. Ooh. And it requires audience participation. Are you up for some audience participation? That's a little trick, because obviously you are, because you responded. Even if you didn't respond, that's still participating by not responding. Uh, that's a trap. Um, so what's going to happen is I'm going to say, please remind me that... And you're going to go, hope drowns last. Should we try that? Please remind me that hope, hope drowns last. We're running out. Of, oh, no, that's the second verse. Hold on. Flip it over. There we go. If you need to pay your union dues, you visit Jesse Lopez de la Cruz. Organizer, activist, trade unionist, translator to the farm workers. Under the warm California sun in 1983, Jesse was documented to Suds Turkle declaring hope dies last. Today, California is wild with fire and red weather warnings light up the UK and riverbanks break. I went to Glasgow for the COP26 conference and listened to a man from Tuvalu in tears, an island nation disappearing under the waves with no time left for patience. 
The waters are rising and the sunshine scalds. I want to take Jesse's talk and twist it. So I'm going to ask you, please remind me that. And you're going to say, hope drowns last. Let's try that again. Please remind me that. Hope drowns last. Two sides of the Houses of Parliament vying to say as little as possible until the end of the working day. Will the Honourable MP agree we can clock off around half past three? Meanwhile, bankers prepare for their weekly crash, private planes to catch, donations to snatch. I'd pay for my freedom, but I don't have the cash. So please remind me that hope drowns last. We didn't heed the warning. Should have paid attention to young adult fiction. It's all come true. The Hunger Games was a prediction. I've been training my whole life for dystopia. Here's my advice to you. When the citadels of the CEOs grow up to the heavens, racing to toss off rockets even further from our earth rock, I will take time to take the upper class to task. Please remind me that hope drowns last. We're running out of supplies in the space in the caves. Enemies coming in the form of literal waves. I'd call it a last stand, but actually my back hurts. I need to sit down. Robin Hood got lost. I saw Mad Max drown. If you're holding out for a hero, can you just hold on over there? I'm telling the kids about polar bears. I'm telling them about bugs and birds and flowers. Chatting about the old world in the ruins helps pass a few hours. Ringing in the caves away from the spy drones. I goes, surely this too shall pass. Please remind me that hope drowns last. When the borders are broken down, both literal and in the mind. When safe passage is just simply fine. When we plant more trees than we take, and the last fascist admits he made a big mistake. When even the twee new folk boys and girls block the roads, and grannies against fracking knit together a quilt that smothers an oil rig, and blowing up a pipeline blows up on TikTok. Maybe climate justice is within our icy grasp. Please remind me that hope drowns last. When you stop singing on tables, when you stop dancing in greenhouses, when you stop making bonfires, when you stop gobbing poetry, when you stop singing, when you stop dancing, when you stop making, when you stop gobbing, please remind me one last time. Hope Hope drowns last. Thank you very much. Give yourselves a round of applause. always a bad thing when he does his own thing. I need to remember that. Nice one. And now, without further ado, it is time to welcome our first guest up onto the stage. This, we are so privileged to have this person here with us. Please put your hands together for Shai Bahai! Shy, thank you so Hello. much for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so we heard a little glimpse of take out, take that there. Now I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that's as much as I could stomach. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I but, it might be controversial. We, it, it's the most controversial thing we're going to hear on this stage today. Um, but please tell us that was a song that you requested that you mm. said that's a song you would like to say to your younger self so maybe tell us what's important about that song to you yeah. and and what was it that that oh I should say sorry Shai is a photographer an amazing photographer um what Thank was you. it that, that first drew you towards photography 
thank you. Thank hi everyone. Uh, so I was drawn to photography sort of purely by happenstance. Um, in my early 20s, in my youth, I was living in Italy at the time, and because I couldn't speak the language at the time, uh, someone actually gifted me a camera, and it was a way of relaying a visual narrative in a way that because I couldn't speak the language. So I just started taking uh, photos. Some of them were terrible. I'm not going to lie; they were really bad. And then when I came back to England, um, I enrolled at Bradford Cal- uh, College. So big up Bradford, big up my Bradford eyes. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Some friends and allies in the audience. Like, um, so, um, uh, and at the time, it was actually number two in the country for photography. So I was quite lucky at the time. And so I enrolled in that as a, a mature student at the age of 25. And um, I started to see differently. I started to think differently. I started to see the subtext in things that I was looking at that I wouldn't have done before if I wasn't a photographer. And then, um, yeah, I, I started, I, I, I graduated and then I, I did a bit of performing arts and then I was drawn back, pulled back to photography. And so I started working uh, for a commercial studio. Um, I worked for a franchise. I started training other photographers. And then I thought, I'm making these lot way too much money. I'm going to set up my own studio. Yeah. So I did. <laughs> so I did. I, I, come from, I live in Shipley, so I had a studio in Shipley for about two years. And then um, it was hard work. It was really hard work, having to be there six days a week, barely making enough just to pay your bills. So I thought, that's it, I'm done. I didn't want to fall out of love with the craft, so I gave the keys back for the studio at the time and thought, I'm going to take a break. And then I started working part-time for um, a a community and a a charity organisation. And through that, I got into social practice as a photographer. Um, I was introduced to uh, a a network of Paisley Field Cafes. So the first one started here in Armley, the Real Junk Food Project. Do you guys recognise that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I started photographing all the, the cafes. There were about 50 at the time in the network. So I travelled all over the country on, on my own funds, on my own money, on my own back. And I just started taking photos in a socially documentary type way. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed... Uh, relaying the narratives of other people in a way that, uh, uh, that I felt that they needed a platform and they needed a voice uh, so my mother tongue is Urdu and there's a, a word that I use a lot awaz does everyone want to say that awaz it means voice it literally means voice so um, I wanted to give them a was I wanted to give them a platform and a lot of the community groups that I was working with at the time were underrepresented excluded they could be from Roma communities they could be from ethnic minorities at the time they had the so-called I'm gonna, I'm, I've got the fingers up in the uh, the prefix uh, the migrant crisis <laughs> Private crisis where you, there were a lot of displaced and diasporic people coming from uh, places like Syria, and um, I remember thinking, you know, there but by the grace of God go I. You know, at least I have my practice. At least I've got a safe place. At least I've got support networks. You know, who's helping these people? And there were people there. There were really great community organisations. And I thought, I, I'm invested in this now. Mm. This is this is this is not just a one-off for me. I'm, I'm invested in this. So then, um, I then I, when that, that I exhibited in Saltair at the arts trail there um, and then I thought okay what, what other topic really resonates with me so I, I, I actually come from quite a dysfunctional background <laughs> it's made me an artist so I'm, yeah. I'm blessed I'm <laughs> grateful for it um, but one subject that really resonated with me at the time was domestic abuse and survivors of domestic abuse and so I thought okay how can I document the positive um, narratives and stories of people that have survived that are on their, their journeys and it just so happened that I was working with um, an, an organisation 
organisation called Staying Put. So in Bradford, they encourage um, the survivors or the victims of uh, domestic abuse to stay and the abusers to leave, because you can imagine what a massive upheaval it is. And they ran art workshops, so I started documenting them, and then we had a bit of a, an exhibition there. Um, and then that was it. I was on a roll, and then a lot of work was coming in sort of commercially, so I took a break for a year. And then um, in 2018, I turned 40... I turned Whoa. 40. I survived it. I survived. I, you know, I turned 40. <laughs> and I, I, what I wanted to do was go back into the studio. And at the time, I had an apartment that was a basement flat. So it's perfect lighting conditions, optimum lighting conditions for, for taking uh, photographs. So I, I put a call out to people that were turning 40 in the same year as me because I wanted to be really inclusive. And I said tell me your stories and I will relay it in a very conceptual portrait because that's what I do I, I, the jigsaw puzzle comes together in my head after the interview and I'm like this is what I think I would think we should shoot you are you okay with that and they're like yep Yep, and so we so that happened, and that was actually the first Arts Council funded project I'm, I did. I'm, I'm going to stop you there because I'm still getting over the 40 thing. Because earlier when you, <laughs> when you said like, oh, when I was 25, I thought that was like last year. <laughs> to be honest, you're too kind. It's part of me that's still like reprogramming. You're but I want to I want to hear more about your your practice as a photographer and and seeing that collage and working yeah. with people who who might not. Uh, well, many people are not confident in front of a camera, yeah. are they? So how, how do you go about making people comfortable and, and deciding what photographs to take? Yeah, well, one way I do is I run um, participatory photography workshops, um, especially with communities that don't have resources to art to um, uh, well, even that sense of belonging or that, that, that place or that space to say you are allowed to make art, you're allowed to be an artist. So I run them um, in 2021 with a wonderful group of um, refugees and asylum seekers in Bradford and they just use their smartphones and so I run these workshops and they took the most compelling imagery and, I, um, and then I thought okay I, I actually really enjoy this, I actually really going out into, enjoy going out into the community. So I did it this year as well with um, two groups of views uh, from inner city communities in Bradford, which is where I'm from. And again, they took some really, really compelling um, imagery just with their phones. So it was saying to them, look, you know, if you use your phones, I know it's not a camera, but it's democratic. It's allowing you, because everybody has access to a smartphone these days, to go out and take a photograph and say you can take compelling imagery. Don't let anybody tell you that just because you come from somewhere that is classed as underprivileged or working class, that you can't be an artist. You are an artist. And one of the questions that I always ask um, the groups when I start these workshops is, do you want me to teach you how to take photographs? Or do you want me to teach you how to be a photographer yeah. and it's your choice yeah. and bar none they all, all choose the latter latter yeah. part because I, I teach you how to be a photographer and it's not the technical stuff it's how, what, what can you see so as you know the three as you probably know the three uh, main elements of photography are understanding composition lighting and that one thing that only you have is your photographer's eye the way that you see the world that I, I wouldn't or anybody else wouldn't. Wonderful. Can you tell us about the Women in Uniform project? Because you've had a, an exhibition of yep. photography and there's another one coming up there next is. year. But what's the, 
Why was it important to you to photograph these these particular subjects? Yeah, so women in uniform um, is a celebration of women of colour, like myself, who work in industries where we're underrepresented. So I had, uh, for example, women who were planetary scientists, MB doctorates, and then also women that were artists, that were um, electricians, that were engineers in roles that you would never imagine them encompassing. And I shot everything in my home studio in Shipley, and, it, and when you were invite someone into your home, you're inviting them into your personal space, they automatically relax. It's not a sterile environment. Um, so they came in, so the process was I put a call out, obviously, and I, sent, I did tons of desk research and um, emailed people left, right and centre and said, would you like to be part of this exhibition? Um, and they said yes. <laughs> a lot of people said yes. So I ended up photographing 66 women for this. And um, we did an hour-long Zoom interview, and again, it's, I asked them this set of questions, and at the end of the interview, it's like a jigsaw puzzle is forming in my head, and the information that's coming in, it's, it, it says, yeah, that'll work, no, discard that, and at the end of it, there's this very clear, very coherent image in my head on how I'm going to shoot them and it's come together and then I just relate it to them and they've all said yes thankfully and they've come to my studio and then we shoot it and so the shoot I mean the photography is the easy bit to be honest with you it's like 10-15 minutes and then we have a brew for the rest of the time um, because we've already had that conversation the dialogue's already happened the engagement is a really important bit um, yeah so that was at the Accrington um, in Accrington um, the Howarth Art Gallery big up them uh, they've got the most amazing Tiffany Glass collection outside of America you have to see it and now it's <laughs> next year it's coming back to Cartwright Hall in my home city of Bradford I like to call Cartwright Hall my gallery it's not my gallery but I used to walk through the park the Lister Park where it's based every day as a teenager and I used to go in my free period and not in my free period sorry but not sorry uh, <laughs> to the gallery to visit exhibitions and not once as someone who is of British Pakistani heritage did I at the time imagine that my my work would be exhibiting there 20 plus years later Where can people find, find these images if they can't get to the exhibition? Is there a different way that we can see the photos? Yeah, just go onto Instagram, follow me, Shy B Photography, or just type my name in, Shy Burhan. Um, I have got a website, I've just not updated it yet, so it will be updated in a month. <laughs> so you can go on that, it's the same name, Shy B Photography, and do check it out. Um, as part of the exhibition, we're extending it, so I've put a call out for new women who want to take part in this. So if you do know any women of colour who work in industries where they're underrepresented, send them my way. I'll happily take their photograph. Lovely stuff. Uh, give a massive round of applause for Shai, please. So we're going to just play a little bit of music now. We'll stretch our legs. Um, and then we've got Mr. Henny Hertz coming up for a little chat. But Shai's going to stick around um, for the provocation later. So we're going to... Uh, yeah, stay there. Stay there. It's time for a banger. This is for Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza. This is for the child that is searching for an answer. Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter. Long live Palestine, long live Gaza. Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza. This is for the child that is searching for an answer. Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter. Long live Palestine. 
While we listen to tunes made by ignorant fools Israel blocked the UN from delivering food They bring in the troops and you won't even glimpse of the news They make money off the products that we're quick to consume And it's not simply a question of differing views Forget emotions, this is facts, what I spit is the truth Makes no difference if you're a Christian or if you're a Jew They're just people living in different conditions to you They still die when you bomb their schools Mosques and hospitals, it's not because of rockets Please God, can you stop this all? I'm not related to the strangers on the TV But I relate, cause those strangers could have been me Words can never ever explain the raw tragedy It's not a war, they're just murdering more rapidly And we are automatically supporting pure savagery Imagine how you feel if this was your family In my heart forever We stand for peace Times of war We shan't surrender Remember It didn't start In this dark December Every coin is a bullet If you're Marks and Spencer And when you're sipping Coca-Cola That's another pistol In the holster Of them soulless soldiers You say you know about the Zionist lobby, but you put money in their pocket when you're buying their coffee. Talking about revolution sitting in Starbucks. The fact is, that's the type of thinking I can't trust, let alone even start to respect before you talk. Learn the meaning of that scarf on your neck. Forget Nestle, Obama, promise Israel 30 billion over the next decade. They're trigger happy and they're crazy. Think about that when you're putting Huggies nappies on your baby. Just a war over stolen land Why do you think little boys are throwing stones at tanks? And we'll never really know how many people are dead They drop bombs on innocent girls while they sleep in their bed Don't get offended by facts, just try and listen Nothing is more anti-Semitic than Zionism So please don't bring bad vibes when you speak to me There's plenty of rabbis that agree with me It's your choice what you do with this message Don't get it confused, I view this from a human perspective How many more resolutions have to be violated? How many more children have to be annihilated? Israel is a terror state, they're terrorists that terrorise I testify my television, televise them telling lies This is not a war, it is systematic Genocide, but whatever they try, Palestine will never die. So folks, we're really excited to have Henny here. Henny is a rapper and 
uh, if you don't know, a, a community catalyst. I don't really know what a, a, a CC. So whenever you CC somebody into an email, that's community catalyst. That's what that stands for. Um, so Henny tonight will be launching an album here as part of Big Up Festival, which was a collaboration with eight young people. But we have him right now. Can we get a big up for Henny Hurts? So Henny, I heard that you first started rapping when you were just becoming a teenager, when you were 13 years old. Yeah, yeah, literally. Can you take us back and paint us a picture of what is Henny into at that time? What do those first like few steps into rap look like for you? Uh, to be honest with you, right, uh, growing up on the streets of London, to be honest, right, it was like a lot of my friends. They used to uh, all spit bars. So we used to be like literally in the, in the estate just dropping bars, like normal, basic rapper types uh, and outweighs, isn't it? Um, so this was like from the age of like 10 and 10, 11. And I wasn't, I wasn't spitting no bars. So I'm just there just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I want some bars, innit? So about 13, that's what I was just like, you know what? And funny enough, how it actually came about, I was actually brushing my teeth. So it was actually 13, right? I was brushing my teeth. I literally in the mirror and like, this first lyric came out. I'm not going to say what it was, because it's very, very crude, right? So it just came out and I'm just like, wait a minute, wait just an ice pack a minute. I want to see what I can do with this. So then two twos, I just literally remember from that, from that one lyric, I just kept on writing, writing. And then, yeah, man, that's how it kind of started. But if I took it seriously, it was when I turned 20, 2014. That's when I really took it seriously. What were the, were the spaces you were going to to try out stuff with other people around, around that time? What, we're now at 13 and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, all right. Them times, um, it was just more just on the estates, to be honest with you, because it was more just like a hobby. So I wasn't really taking it like fully blown seriously at the time. It was just, yeah, just a hobby. So it was more just trying to impress my friends, innit? I was just more just trying to spit bars with my yeah. friends, and obviously they were good. So it's just like, you know, I don't want to be like the odd one out here, innit? So it's just like, all right, let me just try and work on mine. And yeah, that was really it, man. I was just, just trying to, but funny enough, it was around that time you start getting known in your ends for spitting bars, innit? And then, yeah, it just kind of, Escalates, isn't it? And when you first, when you started taking it more seriously, then where were you at that point, and what what did that look like? All right, so funny enough, I started taking. So all right, I got my name Henny Hertz in 2011. So that's when I wanted to take it seriously, innit? But it was still kind of just a hobby. So I was still living in London. It was until I moved to Barbados in 2013. That's when I decided to take it seriously. Cause I was like, yeah, whole new, whole new land. I'm just like, you know what? Let me see if I can take this thing. Let me see how far I can take it, innit? And yeah, so it was Barbados 20. I would say 2014, cause that's when I first went to the studio in Barbados, and that's when it all started happening. Yeah. What did you learn from that experience? in Barbados that, that maybe London can offer you? What was that, what was that change? What was that world? Uh, everything. I are. Like, literally, um, bro, the music business, uh, how to brand myself, how to uniqueness. Like, well, Barbados was very hell-bent on unique sound. They're very hell-bent on being original. So it's like, no, they're old school with it. So no matter how good you are, if you sound like Uno, they don't like you. Like, you know, the words they're just like, you can't just shout. Like, <laughs> sorry for swearing that, but that's how they'll be. Like, they'll be like, blind big man, you're <laughs> But you know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like you got to really, 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 really be original, man. So for me, it was just like, all right, it was either sink or swim, innit? So it's just like, all right, I know, let's say the normal London accent that I had at the time, even though they, they rated it, it weren't really, on that side of the world, it weren't really hitting. So I'm just like, all right, cool. I need to kind of switch up the tone in it. You know, no one's there. So yeah, that was kind of it. It was more just adapting. But at the same time, I still had to keep my British audience still... What's, what's that word? Captivated. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Literally that, yeah, yeah. Well, from, from London to Barbados to Leeds, you've washed up here on these 
Why? Soggy not yet. <laughs> Literally that, yeah. yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a traveller. I'm a gypsy, man. I'm mean, God honest truth with you. I'm a gypsy. Um, been a traveller since I was a kid. So it's... Uh, from uh, both parents, both my parents were in the army. So literally, from the moment I was conceived, we literally moved. Well, I was conceived in um, Taunton, Somerset, and from there we were stationed. My mum got stationed in Germany, so I was there for two whole years. So, like I said to Ash, remember that time? My first uh, language is actually German. I can't speak it now, but yeah, I was speaking German at the time. And then I moved. And then I was stationed. It's around the end of me being two off station in Barbados, then from the from a space, yeah, for about a whole year. So three, that's when I moved back down to England, but I was in London this time. And so yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a gypsy. Like I said, I'm a traveller, I'm a traveller, innit? <laughs> how how does that like swirl of different cultures and places, geographies, how does that affect your art, your music? Oh, oh. oh. oh, oh. I thought rappers knew. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Somebody should have told me that was on the floor. Like, yeah, yeah. All right, yo, okay. Someone's going to put that one there, yeah? <laughs> yo, woo, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's better. Yeah, that's good. We can, it. It. we can edit it, don't worry. Yeah, so I'll just no, have no, to hold that one. No, no, it's all staying in. <laughs> no, just like, yeah, sorry, what, what, what was the question? Sorry. So how was travelling the world, different voices, different cultures, different geographies, how has that influenced the music that you make? Everything. It's, 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 it's influenced everything. Because if I'm, if I'm going to be honest, I think that's a blessing. I think it's, it's a low-key blessing. Like, I got to, from a young age, witness so many different nationalities, so many different races. Like, if I'm going to be honest with you, we got down to London, all my friends down there speak to like three different languages. I was the, I'm the only one that speaks just English. I come up to Leeds now, all my friends speak English, right? I hope, I, please, I want me to be my friends, please speak more than one language. You speak more than one language, yeah, cool, sweet. But, my, but then I go to Barbados, all speak Bayesian, I'll go to, freaking, I've got a lot of friends that are in Sweden right now that speak. So it's, it makes your, it makes your music, like you have to, it's almost like a thing that I have to sound international with it. It's like I cannot, yeah, I have to sound, yeah, really sound international with it, but still be authentic to who I am. So this so because my fan base is very internationally, you know, the ones that's not just located with England. So I know there's certain things that are at these lyrics here or this song here will go over the average, let's say, English person's head. But I know people in the States, Sweden, Barbados, uh, whatever. So I know you're bumping that out. You know, the ones there. But I know this one here, that's going to, I know the English people are going to love this one more. But I know, let's say, the States, them same people, you're going to have more vibes of it. It's not really more for you. But it's one of them ones. It kind of keeps you always relevant to an extent. And you, and you always get to grow each year. So uh, you've been working with eight young people um, as part of this big up project. Can you talk about that, about working with them and, and them creating amazing music? Uh, lit, man, lit. Funny enough, it's actually, well, it'll actually be six. One of them is not with us now, but I'm, so, I'm actually, funny enough, I was actually messaging her because we wanted to come true. She's lit. She's actually lit. All right, so it's like six of them. Oh, but these artists now, wow. Jeez, like, how can I really explain it? All right, that, no, they all actually impressed me. They all really impressed me. You know, I'm going to start off with, uh, there's one called McRenster. His name's Rennie, right? But I call him McRenster. Now, he's not a rapper, but he's part of my label, part of Ayatan Records. So he's, he's not an artist under it. He's just like literally my team. He handles all the marketing, the promo and all that stuff, innit? Now, he wanted to start rapping. And what's the matter? He knows how to rhyme and start the art of rhyming and stuff. Because he can do, po- uh, actually, you know, he can do poet. He can do, he's a good um, poet. What do you know? Poetry, poetry, that's it, poetry. Right? Poems, that's it, poems. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's really good at that. So now he's just interpreting that into music now. So he's still kind of got like these little poem feel to it. Like he's almost doing spoken word. But in overall, it's actually good music. Like he's really good. He's really good. And then I've got another dude called uh, A1 Boogie, right? But we call him. Ah, yes, Matt. I see you. I see you. Yes, Dougie. 
cool, 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 cool. What are you saying, Ayat? Jeez. Yo, he's hard, yeah. Have you seen this guy in battle and don't flop? My man, my man. Yo, hey, yo. You're not, you're not. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know this was going anywhere. All right, cool. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you got A one boogie, <laughs> and then you got A one. We don't know what's going on either. I've got no idea. <laughs> it's all staying in, folks. All staying in the podcast. Right. So yeah, and then we got um. Oh, no, it's called uh, A1 Boogie. Well, now he calls it, it goes by Boogie Bugs, right? Oh, he's lit. No, no, no. He's actually lit. He's lit. So we. So I met him back in May this year. We've done this sneak bowl uh, cypher, funny enough, right? And um, Book's done a whole Chappelle top of his dome, literally freestyle, and it was absolutely lit. The only thing he needs to do is learn how to start writing, but dog, he is hard. So, I went, so when Ash basically prevented this opportunity for me, I was just like, hey, we got to get books online. I have to get books. I have to get books, 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 nothing else but books. And boom, I got him in it. It's like a Pokemon. You know, that rare Pokemon, you got to get the Pokemon and just catch him, bow my Okay, okay. I'm, I'm on the same page now. You know what I'm I saying? Understand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Basically, boom, man, got him in it. Literally, I had to use the Mega Ball, but I still got him in it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it means the master ball. Yeah, oh, yeah, I should have used that, you know. <laughs> he kind of shaked a little bit. I was like, oh, crap, well, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. Uh, and then, um, what we got? We got K-Star. Now, she's, yeah, she, you know what it is with her and the music? She's a bit, like, let's say 50-50. So one minute she's serious with it, another minute she ain't serious with it. Next, She's one of the ones she needs to be motivated to do it. But when she is motivated to do it, she's actually lit. But she's more of a, uh, a drill rapper. So she's, yeah, she's good. She's good. She, when it comes down to the drill section, yeah, she's good. She's good. She's good. Especially for a 16-year-old. Like, she's good. She's good. She's good. You can hear the potential there. Then we got, um, well, we had un- uh, Unknown Empress. Now, Unknown Empress, wow. Like, yo, hey. Hey, hey. I've done a lot of songs with Unknown Empress. She's been, uh, me and her done a project called Yorkshire Town Ghoul. She was on my other mixtape, uh, Uncrowned Pharaoh. Um, we've done enough singles. We even got a song called Nefertiti. That's on all platforms right now, so I recommend go suss that, right? Because she t- she's the leading role for it. Uh, and she's absolutely lit. It's too bad she can't, be, she's not here at the moment, but yeah, she's, she's absolutely lit. Absolutely Amazing, I'm not gonna lie to you, amazing. It's not even trying to bomb lick or night, so this is generally, I mean, generally realistic with you, she's amazing. Um, and so all, everyone's gonna be performing with you later on today? Yeah, yeah, so literally, when I was sitting down, I was just getting it all sorted out with them, innit? So yeah, man, everybody's gonna, get, everybody's gonna basically, hopefully, the majority of them are gonna be, gonna be here, gonna be here. I don't know if you'd like to maybe share something now for us good people. Would it put people up for that hearing a little piece from Mr. Henny Hurts? You know know what, right? Is is there internet on here? Because I can be honest, I can't be honest rapping right now. So if there's, (laughs) it's too early, man. I'll still be asleep at this time. I want to be real with you. I'm not a morning dude. I'm a late night person. I'm like a vampire, you know? (laughs) Nocturnal, yeah. Um, We've got Spotify here. Yeah, you know what? Go on a song called Griselda. That's pretty like my main song yeah. so far this year. Okay, we're going to hear some Griselda. Yeah, Griselda out now, all platforms. You know what I'm saying, guys? Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, bro. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Down, baby, rock with me Because together we can change the scene 
So me sing this melody When she pulls up to she bump up I'm a reservation free Them same music makes me money man But them just wanna be escape Grandy for your money Find this scene what it sing Man no The reasons why you did this all no No joke It kept me clear from the bow Griselda You know it's slowly taking over Griselda Griselda, you know it's only taking over. Griselda, you got me moving like a mobster. Griselda, you know it's only taking over. Griselda, are you down? The new empire, hard time. Okay. Do not bother me, that's a soldier within me They refuse to let me be Japan inside them my pre Man, they keep on watching me But friends and enemies All they do with every beast Keep on landing on my feet When life is gonna be But them I Them I say Good gosh, them I say man this And them I say that Them I say you're in the hopeless And it's in my pride Them I say that to my Say that to my Say that to my Say that to my Griselda, you know it's slowly taking over. Griselda, you got me moving like a mobster. Griselda, you know it's slowly taking over. Griselda, are you down? And no empire. I was going to be like, are you ready for the jingle? But clearly you're ready for the jingle. You're ready. I don't think every, everyone doesn't get as excited about jingles as we do. <laughs> like, really into jingles. The chat train is pulling into Nat's provocation station. Uh, here we are. This is my part of the show where I get to take the mic. And as Henry says, I'm doing this scary thing called a PhD, but I'm a theatre maker. I work in my community, mostly in, in East Leeds. And so I usually take a part of my like current arts practice and try and talk about it in a way that is provoking so we can have a conversation about it. But this, because it's such a special show, because we're in front of a live audience, I thought I'd do something a little bit different where... We have the privilege of talking to so many amazing artists and activists and this theme of hope always comes up. So I've been trying to do some reflections on what does hope mean for me uh, at the moment. And that's what this provocation is gonna be about. And I wanna be honest, hope is something that I am finding harder and harder to cling on to. It's like scooping up dry sand with a sieve and just as soon as you've filled it up, you're watching it drain away. For large portions of the last two years, I've stayed well away from mainstream news and, and I can't watch it. I find it only drains my emotional energy and that is something that is precious. I need that if I'm going to serve my community. So I focus on the grassroots, on contributing to my community in East Leeds, on planting seeds and growing skills. I feel comfortable in that place with fresh soil under my fingernails, standing in a circle with young people. Together, we tell stories about the future that we want to build for ourselves, and shoulder to shoulder, we take the first few steps towards it. Here, my hope runs wild. 
and I want to share just a tiny bit of where that hope comes from, from playing a clip of some young people that Henry and I worked with over the summer. This is just in a workshop. Um, it's a few lines that some young people came up with after visiting the Seacroft Forest Garden. And it sounds like this. We went to the Seacroft Forest Gardens. Lots of fresh fruit and veg for everyone. Full of green growing glory. Magical remedies accessible to everyone. Communities creating a story. You choose not to let us eat. You choose to enforce rarity. You tear apart society. However, we can end food scarcity. How do we rebuild? How do we reconnect? How do we redefine? We need to work in unity to better our community. We need to be the catalyst to end the riches I invest. We need a brand new recipe, change society, rewrite history. Let's come together in unity. Community is the soil of humanity. Community is the lungs of our planet. Community is like a sapling growing into something bigger. The future is our new reality. The future is life to come. The future is now. And if, if you want to hear more about that project, we turned it into a, an audio documentary that we played on the last episode, so I can plug the podcast. Go back and you can hear more context around what that uh, project was about. But my God, young people give me hope. They are amazing, and hope is something that should belong to every young person. I wouldn't want to take it away from them for one second. Yet I feel a moral responsibility to be honest about the future we are facing, about the reality of millions of people face today. A project I worked on called Suitcase Stories ex explored climate adaptation with young people through storytelling. And we asked the key question, how can we hold a space for hope whilst looking the horror of climate destruction square in the eye? Building skills, Building resilient communities has got to be part of the answer. And so the time comes for me to turn back on the news. <laughs> Just when you think things couldn't get any worse. I think there's times when we have to let the horror hit home. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this room when I've had one of those times over the last few weeks as we've watched the atrocities against the Palestinian people. If you were ever wondering what resilience looks like, turn to Palestine. In September, Henry and I interviewed activist and comedian Mark Thomas. And when we asked him, how's your hope? How's your anger? This is what he had to say. Studs Terkel, who is the famous American um, journalist on the left uh, and popular historian, he had a book called Hope Dies Last, which is a lovely title. Um, hope's a funny thing. I always remember people saying, yo, is there any optimism in the West Bank? Uh, did a lot of work out there. And I always used to go, no, there's not much optimism, but there's a lot of resistance. You know, people just like, we're not having this, we're not having this, you know, and it's a matter of dignity, it's a matter of... Um, Do you think there's a form of hope? Like, a, a, well, I don't know, maybe one could argue that there's a... to keep going, to, to, oh, to be resistant. Oh, to keep going? To, to, uh, 
fuel that keeps resilience. Resilience. Resilience is is absolutely remarkable. I remember talking to the bloke who's effectively the, the ambassador for Palestine, and he said, "I have to accept that now is not that time, but it will be." You know, and actually he's completely right. You have to know. You can't just go. It's around the corner. Yeah. You know, there are some left groups that go. We just need one more person on the rally, and we'll have a revolution. He says, oh, fuck. <laughs> In some contexts, hope feels like a childish dream, a luxury, or a waste of time. So what happens if we just accept that this is the end of the world as we know it? That's really hard to say without singing. It's the end of the world as we know it. I, I sung it anyway. Not the end of the world, just the end of our world. And our world wasn't really working for most people anyway. In his book, At Work in the Ruins, Dougal Hine talks about the philosopher Fiditro Campania, his thoughts on living at the end of the world. And Vanessa Manchego de Oliveira's writings on hospicing modernity. Hospicing, that place if we're lucky enough to spend our last few moments on this earth. Modernity meaning modern life. I say that because I went to a talk with Dougal Hine and he said modernity like a thousand times and I didn't know what it meant. It just means modern times, right? And it, it, the whole thing clicked once I got that. Um, but the question is, how do we nurse the ending of our world? Hope is about possibility of things getting better. And I know a better world is possible and improbable. So where does that leave us? I'm not sure how hope is serving me and my community. Resilience, sure. Resistance, definitely. But hope? I'm not always feeling it. I'm going to end on a lyric by one of my favorite songwriters. It's on my t-shirt today. If I spend my life on the losing side, you can lay me down knowing that I tried. Thank you very much. Oh, the brain cells are a fizzing. I reflect on sometimes going into a space. I've mentioned at the beginning I'd gone to a punk gig and there's where I find hope or on a rally that you, you almost cross a threshold into a hopeful place, but those are cute. Like they're created spaces. Um, they're... they're, they're, they're temporary spaces and they're romantic spaces. I think sometimes we can get a bit romantic about to the barricades and then you go home and you go, oh, oh, oh. But I still need those spaces and hopefully Big Up Fest today is a space, hopefully, is a space for that, that liminal space of hope. Um, Shia, Henny, I don't know, any, any thoughts? I do, I just want to say one thing actually, um, and young people are really good at this. Don't ask permission, just yeah. do it. When your heart is broken, when your spirit's broken, when your mind is broken, when your body's broken, just do it anywhere. Yes. Somehow you have to find the strength within you just to pick yourself up and carry on. Don't ask anyone's permission because they're not going to say yeah. And young people are so resilient, much more resilient. We have these, um, we've been conditioned to say you've got this law, you've got that law to comply to. Sod that. Yeah. If you're a young person, I'd say just do it. It's, it's an open field, go, go, go for it. And hope is there. The young people are the hope. 
that with their ideas, with this sense of just being able to go out there and take, not take no for an answer, don't take no for an answer, just do it. If you wait for somebody's permission, trust me, you'll never get it done. Mm. Oh, it's true though, it's Good actually you, generally yeah. true. Generally true, generally true. You can never ask, for, never ask for permission. Never, never, never. What's rightfully do is you have to go get it, bro. And it means, man, it's facts. It's facts, it's facts. Yeah. <laughs> it's facts, bro. You know, you know. <laughs> what about you, Henny, and the young people you've been working with? It's, it's, it's practically the same thing what she said, yeah. man. It's like, you have to go get what's yours. Like, don't, yeah. never, never, never ask for permission. Like, you keep asking for permission, it's same thing, it's going to be a no. And when they do say yes, it's only like a little piece of yeah. the pie. There's no point having like a, a, a slice of the pizza when th these times you yourself can cook the whole pizza pie and then give a slice out. Yeah. Which one would you rather have, ownership or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing when I was getting to the same kids that I mentor, man. It's ownership, ownership, ownership. Always, have, always be hungry. Get, just get what's yours, man. Just get what's yours, just get what's yours. I quote, even when it comes down to music, I can talk from a part of an artist, isn't it? when it comes down to music, I, I get it. I, I'm independent, I decided to be independent. Right, I've been independent since 2018. I quote, it's harder, it's longer. Well, it leaves you broke, bro. Broke, dog. Like, but at the same time, I own all my masters. You know what I'm saying? I own all my masters. If I had a label or whatever, so I wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have to ask their permission. Bro, I don't know nothing, dog. I can come here and shit. So the same thing with the kids. And that kind of gives me hope, too. You know what I'm saying? It's, Amazing. Yeah, Is there anyone in the audience who wants to chip yeah. in <laughs> on this? We weren't going to go to the audience at this point, but I thought if, any, if, if, I've, if there's a provoking... A provocation? Is that a word? A, pro a provoke. Do you want to chip in at any point? No, no one's looking that um, keen. Sarah Alton, who's in the radical reading room over there, has just passed me uh, Hope in Hopeless Times by John Holloway, which we, I think we mentioned earlier. Hope lies in our richness, the joy of our collective creativity, but that richness exists in the peculiar form of money. The fact that we relate to one another through money is dragging us towards extinction. And I think... Aww. Yeah, like, right, I right, think right, there right, is this right, aspect right. of like, well, I need, I need that hope to, we need the, you need the funds, you need the, like, not just money, but the resources to be able yeah. to create. So my, I saw as I provoke back to you and say, these, these kids have, like, they want to go and do it, but what happens if they don't have a studio? We, we are gatekeepers to them recording with you guys. Yeah. So I, I personally, sorry. Your pleasure, your pleasure. Sorry, I was just going to say, so for me, if your only aim in life is to make money, then that for me, relays a certain poverty of ambition. Um, totally with you, though. There aren't enough resources. There aren't enough mentors out there for young people. That's what they need. They actually... It's having that, self, having that belief instilled you, which you're not going to just find for yourself. You need good mentorship. You need the support. You need the resources. Money will come. Money's always going to come. It will come if you work hard. I could go to Asda work right now and work. That, that's money. I'm making money. But to, to, do, to live your authentic life, to, to relay your own uh, vision, your, sorry, your own narrative the way that you want to give yourself the agency... Go find, go find a mentor. It's like go find a support network. What, what you said earlier, do you want me to teach you how to take photographs or to be yeah. a photographer? I think to take photographs, you might need the best camera in the world. To be a photographer, you need skills, you need yeah. a mentor, you need your own creativity exactly. and passion, which everyone's got in their back pocket. Right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, going back to what you said about the money thing, now, there's one thing, you know, this guy told me, this is years ago now, there's, there's a future and then there's money, that money don't, money don't grant a future. So, put it this way, there's a lot of people, I, even, even people in power right now, they, I don't really think, 
like they are and they ain't. So if you, got, if you get in too greedy, you end up losing value for humanity, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? If you end up losing, you end up losing your morals, you end up losing what it's like to be a human being. So you end up like, no, nah, you can, bro, you end up sending out your own freaking mother if you can. I mean, it has been done, let's be real, it has been done, right? So that's what comes down to, uh, yeah, when, when you're just searching for money. Now, if you're, let's say you're searching for your passion or your purpose in life, there's a whole, money will come t- uh, for that. Don't get it twisted, like everybody wants some money, let's be real, they even set this up what did cost money, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it comes down to don't lose yourself, don't lose, don't lose your va- uh, values for money, because at the end of the day, it is a piece, well, it's a piece of plastic now, isn't it? It's only a piece of plastic, which is going to change in about another 20 years. It's going to be something else, something else, something else, you know what I'm saying? What I tried to say to, to say to the same kids, it's having that future plan. It's, have, it's always thinking ahead of times. Because right now, at the present moment, yeah, okay, cool. You might be broke, you might be hungry or whatever. So now, if you can mentally train yourself to, I don't know, eat for another 10 years in your head, you won't really go hungry as much as you think yourself. It's kind of like a self-discipline thing. So if you can discipline yourself into, I don't know, I don't know, being a strong-willed person, shit's going, not going your way, but you can still discipline yourself to not lose your morals to doing this. Or I don't know, for example, all right, Let's say you got a nine to five, you just, lost your, you just lost your job. But instead of, I don't know, going on the benefit system or riding it out and trying to find something else, you decide to go out there and sell some drugs. Okay, cool. You might make money, more money off the drugs in this entire week. But let's fast forward to like a month, a month down the line. You, got, you get arrested or whatever. So now your whole future now is effed up, right? Oh, cool. Mm. Now, if you decide to, you know what, I'm going to ride it out, right? Go on the benefit system or do whatever. So lay down another plan. Let me just re-go on to the drawing boards. Lay down another plan. Do what I've got to do for the six months or whatever so, and then after this six months, and I've got another 10 years, I'm eating nice. Now I've got this, that, this, that, and this is the show for it. Yeah. Bro, I ain't got the final collision to it, fuck it up. But you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's, for I me- think, I think you're talking about building skills. Building basically, that type of thing, coming down to yeah. all of it. Cause it's like, yeah, I'll come back, come back to me, come back to me, come back and to me. And being given the chance, yeah, just having the yeah, chance as yeah, well, you yeah. know, especially when you're from underrepresented communities. All you need is someone to believe in you and they'll work twice as hard to make that dream yeah, a reality. Yeah. Just give them a chance. Literally. Listen, folks, can we give Shy and Henny Hertz a massive, huge round of applause? Clap, 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 clap. Thank you so much everybody here for being part of this conversation thank you so much to Asher and Tammy from Big Up Festival can we give them a massive round of applause there's loads of stuff happening we're really excited we are Vandal Factory podcast so you can find us on all the usual streaming platforms we're on Eastleys Community Radio which is via Chapel FM Art Centre we're on Spotify Podbean Google, Amazon, their tax dodgers. And it would mean a huge amount if you've enjoyed the show, or maybe if you haven't, but maybe not if you haven't also. Uh, like, if you tweet us or Instagram us or send us a message, tell your friends, give us a share. We've only got, like, a teeny-weeny little following. So mm. a single post or photo with the badge, go come get a badge, get badge or with a flyer, um, means a huge amount. So thank you so much, and spread the word about Vandal Factory. Woo, woo, woo! Let's finish with a little bit of Grace Petrie, The Losing Side. in flames We came here begging justice and instead we got the blame For peace disturbed out on the streets tonight 
watching on the BBC know something's not right when mourners come with candles and with flowers I wrestled three on one and pinned down by the state's full powers this is their world and these have been the rules but we have come to break it down with bloody fingernails for tools this threat of violence this tightrope wire We can no longer bear it We're all too fucking tired No minute silence We will sing higher Don't sell us to light a candle When we have come to start a fire And if I spend my life Hoping someone has your back The history books are screaming from the shelves That no government who outlaws speaking to defend ourselves Has good things planned A storm ahead I see And not one of us will bear it without solidarity Oh I see trouble All my days Signs of fire and flood and plague But from the rubble From the raised The mightiest cathedral From these ashes we will raise And if I spend my life On the losing side You can lay me down Knowing that I tried There's a better world And on a
can lay me down Knowing that I tried There's a better world And on a quiet day When I hold my breath I can hear her say She's on her way